Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. But once someone starts to turn into a mosquito, then it's all over. Then it's all over, yeah. yeah, Once a mosquito corrupts your soul, you become a mosquito. Boys here. Welcome to the show. Uh, we're talking more Magic the Gathering lore by uh, a, a wave of requests. I was a deluge of requests uh, from one person in particular uh, who asked me to do more Magic the, more Magic episodes. So uh, I decided I'm going to go ahead with that person's recommendation and not listen to anybody else, including <laughs> my inner doubts. I'm your host, Ethan Palmer. With me today is uh, Peter O'Donohue. Say hi, Pete. Oh, hey. Uh, I was trying to see if I can do a samurai top knot yet, but I cannot. My hair is still too short. <laughs> and James, how's your uh, samurai top knot coming? Uh, it's pretty good. My hair is getting longer. I cut it once during COVID. Uh, Ethan, I want to I wanna actually mention something. I found it weird that everybody asking for the Magic the Gathering episodes, it was from an email from a person named Nathan Balmer. Yeah, well... And- I mean, it's a very common name, Nathan Balmer. It's actually, you know, uh, Forbes lists it uh, 40 under 40 top 100 names. So, um, oh, yeah. 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 So, uh, quite. You don't quite find popular. it suspicious at all that it was from loreboyspodcast2 at gmail.com, our alternate email account that we all have access to? No, I, I think a lot of fans would probably have access to our alternate email account because, uh, you know, that's, that's what a true fan does is they hack into our, our systems uh, to send us <laughs> fan mail, honestly. So. None of this is surprising or, or even incriminating in any way to me, so uh, I think we could just uh, get started with the episode. Um, I guess for anybody new to the show, welcome. Uh, so nice to have you. Have a seat. Uh, here's a bag of Sprite. Um, we're going to be talking about Magic the Gathering, but this is the part five uh, talking about Magic the Gathering, so uh, I would go back and look at our other uh, MTG Elspeth episodes. Um, if you're if you're curious about listening to this episode, because this this one really will be the most confusing out of the the five if you haven't listened to the previous episodes. But uh, we'll try and make it as not mandatory as possible by by starting the show off with a a quicker recap. Um, if you guys want to stay up to date on uh, what episodes are, are coming out when, and if you guys want to hit us with some requests, be uh, be your own Nathan Balmer, if you will. <laughs> then uh, I encourage you guys to go to loreboys.com slash about and follow the link there to our Discord where uh, we have a lore request channel where we, we write down all your requests. I promise you that. I do not promise you that we'll ever get to them. Uh, I actually did write them down in the Reminders app on my phone, um, which is kind of even more out of sight and out of mind than a, than a paper would be because it takes <laughs> up, it occupies no physical space. Yeah. Um, I, wa- I, I was thinking just when you were saying that be your own Nathan Balmer. I was like, what? It's like if 
Ethan started like a libertarian cult like Ayn Rand <laughs> did and just had t-shirts it's like who is Nathan Balder <laughs> sending mysterious emails from a fucking island yeah, yeah we'll, we'll all wear Guy Fox masks and uh, <laughs> you know we'll, uh, we'll meet every every Wednesday because that's my really only free day of the week um, yeah. al- although these days I'm playing a lot of Deep Rock Galactic on Wednesdays so maybe not you know um, that game is like surprisingly good. It was I didn't expect it to be as good as it was. So. I, I so I eh, super tangent, but uh, if you like deep, if you like uh, Left 4 Dead and you like uh, I guess Minecraft to a certain extent, a, a lesser extent. Um, if you like the mining aspects specifically of Minecraft and you like Left 4 Dead, check out Deep Rock Galactic. It's like a four player co op game. That's uh, that would be dwarves. Players. You get to be dwarves on a, a planet just sent underground. There's waves of of bugs yeah. and like. you get to mine stuff there's character progression you get different guns you can unlock you can upgrade the guns you can upgrade your character with perks it's actually it's really tight if there is lore i would love to do it uh i i think and i I said this the last time we were playing with our other friend bobby that i i think the lore is going to be like the legend of zelda where it's like there's so there's so much in the game that would make you think that there's more lore but as soon as you look into it, you're like, nope, that's it. They just put a bunch of obscure shit in the actual game itself and didn't flesh <laughs> any of it out, which is fair because they're, uh, I think, a smaller company and uh, you only have so much time on your hands, right? But that's not what we're talking about today. Jamie. Same with us. We only have so much time on our hands, so we better get into this we episode. We better get into this episode, huh? I mean, uh, money, yeah. uh, you know, time is money, friend. Huh? Yeah, um, that's what the goblins say in World of Warcraft. <laughs> yeah, and that's what the dwarves <laughs> think at Deep Rock Galactic. So, yeah. uh, there are dwarves in, in Ma- the Magic the Gathering canon, but uh, we're not going to be talking about any of them. Uh, we're going to be talking about Elspeth, a, a hero uh, or planeswalker from uh, an unknown uh, plane. Uh, eventually, found her way to Alara. Um, they've been on a mission to find someone named Karn, who they're pretty sure might be the key to beating the uh, Phyrexians back. Uh, he did help to do it on Dominaria, after all. Uh, by sending himself back in time with a bomb to a school or something. I don't even remember our our first episode on Karn. Yeah, there but was, it was something like that. a school that got blown up and Karn was there and they trusted the Phyrexians. Uh, yeah, yeah, something, something, Those something. two kids got killed or trapped in time for centuries or something. Exactly, exactly. Um, uh, Joyra and uh, Teferi. That's it. Uh, and his dad, uh, um, Urza, uh, Karn's dad, Urza, was the one who defeated, you know, uh, Dr. Phyrexia, Yogmoth himself, so. Right, right. Uh, there, there well, are... his dad is, like, he's, like, the Geppetto to Karn's Pinocchio. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh, um, What's the nose? Uh, What's Pinocchio's nose in there? The, the time rifts that opened up above Dominaria and threatened to destroy the entire plane. Just like if Pinocchio ever told so many lies he would fill the universe and it would collapse on itself. His nose would, would create all mass in the universe because it creates mass from nothing, right? So if he right. told an infinite yeah. amount of lies, he would, in theory, destroy the universe. Pinocchio so lore coming up next week. <laughs> Pinocchio's nose would eventually go over the horizon of the Earth since it's curved and start poking out into space. Or would it poke him in the back of the head? I mean, it would have to curve, right? Oh, because it's not curved, you mean. Yeah. Right, yeah. Well, it would poke him in the back of the head then. If it were curved, if yes. it were curved, well, if it was straight, well, it depends how what you think about the universe, I guess. <laughs> True. When it, when you boil down yeah, to it, I, it's like it's like those uh, those rams whose horns like grow in a curl and then grow through their own skull into their brain, and kill them. them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a it was a defect that uh, that Geppetto never never foresaw. 
Yeah, uh, Pinocchio constantly needs to chew on wood to to, to <laughs> like buffer down his nose so it doesn't stab nose. him in the back of the head and kill him. Uh, so on the last episode specifically, the fourth episode, we talked about the plane formerly known as Meriden. Uh, it's been infected, twisted into a horrible facsimile of the original plane of Phyrexia. Uh, Meriden's core. New Phyrexia, baby. New Phyrexia is, is what they're calling it. They're not. They're they're good at a lot of things. Coming up with creative new titles is not one of them. Um, <laughs> Meriden's core, kind of the center of the planet, the the, the central, uh, the base of operations, the. Um, in the Dark Knight, the second Batman movie, the, the all the t- TV screens that he has in his basement, that's how I kind of think of Meriden's core, where uh, Karn at one point would sit there and just observe the plane, and then Memnark, uh, after Karn left, would sit there and just observe the plane. Um, okay. it, it was corrupted by the glistening oil that was spreading, um, led by the inebriated Memnark, the, the son of Karn who broke into Dad's liquor cabinet and uh, drank... Um, Lovecraftian horror juice, essentially. That is how the first time I got drunk went, actually. (laughs) So uh, I'm sure we talked about that the last time we talked about uh, Memnark breaking into his dad's liquor cabinet, actually. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) We all all talked about the first time we got drunk. Yeah, yeah, so that's uh, that's a a brief touch on the last episode. Do you guys want to try and fill in the blanks on the first three episodes we did before then? Absolutely not. Okay, good. Then we'll just, we'll just <laughs> I mean, I can, take a, I can take a quick stab at it if you want. Yeah, yeah, of course, please. Um, so Elspeth, Elspeth ended up on a uh, shard of uh, shard of Alaria that I do not remember the name of. I know Bant. one of them is called Naya. Sorry? Bant. Bant, right. I knew one was Naya because it's the water. Mm-hmm. It's the bottled tap water. Okay. Um, and then after uh, the shards all started to converge at some point and like differently aspected monsters are like red, blue, black started to kind of pour into Bant and she helped fight them away. And then uh, Johnny showed up. He fell out of the sky. He's a lion man and also a planeswalker. And then we did an episode about him and how his tribe of lion people kind of had like a weird political problem, but it turns out they were being manipulated by something more evil. Yep. I think, and then we shifted again to Venser, who was like this creepy hermit who was doing experiments with Phyrexian garbage that he didn't really know was pure evil, and then built some kind of teleportation device that I don't remember the name of, and they went through the core of the planet and popped out on the other side, and then the other episode you did was about like the culture of the Phyrexians and like their thanes, who I think are like the high lords of the robot people. And, yep. like, their particular aspects and their, like, tribal politics or their, like, class politics that they that they would get into. Because I know there was, like, some that had multiple characters that were all in charge with, like, a queen. And then there were some that were, they all have different attitudes, yeah. basically. Yeah, exactly. The, the greens were very much, hey, like, we have to fight and, like, kill each other because we need survival of the fittest. You know, Darwin was right. Uh, where you also have the whites uh, who are like, no, white is right. And it's like, yikes. Uh, they're, the fa- <laughs> they're the fascists. Big surprise. Um, and then, you know, the blues are like, oh, we need to do research and, and, you know, experiment. And crazy experiments is how we're going to become the strongest race. But the Phyrexian directive is uh, complicate everything. So turn everything into a Phyrexian and find perfection within the Phyrexians. Uh, but every everyone has their own ideas on what perfection is and how to get there. The original Phyrexia didn't have um, kind of uh, different aspects. It was primarily black, uh, which w- is just like death, destruction, break everything down, us take the parts that we need, graft them onto us. Um, 
since they came to Mirrodin, Mirrodin had five colors of mana, um, where the original Phyrexia didn't, and the five colors of mana have kind of kind of driven these evolutions in different directions, which is what we talked about last oh, episode. Overall, okay. overall, you, that was a, an excellent summary, Pete. Uh, any other individual details we'll probably get on as we go through this episode, so I encourage you guys to ask questions of stuff that you don't remember, you don't know what I'm talking about, because it's safe to assume that uh, some of the listeners who aren't Darnell won't know what I'm talking about also. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, Darnell. Uh, Where does magic come from? Magic comes from uh, within and from uh, the power of friendship, mostly. No, uh, magic in uh, ma- the Magic Gathering universe comes from land. It comes from the planes themselves uh, and then different aspects of that plane. So life in a plane will will produce a green type of mana um, uh, order in a plane. So just, you know, taking all your ducks and putting them in a row or anytime you build like a series of dominoes without knocking them over, that buffs up yeah. the white mana in the area, essentially. Oh yeah. Uh, what's the best way to eat a chili cheese dog? Uh, tongue out for sure. You gotta you gotta tongue out to catch because as you bring it to your lip, um, there's a good chance that some chili falls and lands on your your tie or your pocket square, and you don't want that. Oh, yeah. So you have to have the tongue out to catch uh, preemptive chili. If okay. you can curl the curl the sides of your tongue up too into like a little trough, ideal. That's the best ideal. way to do. Yeah, it. yeah. Because okay. then you I'm don't need to up. chew the chili; it just slides <laughs> straight down. Thank you, guys. Thanks. <laughs> Time is chilly, as we know. Yeah. So uh, at the end of, I think, our Venser episode, um, Elspeth, Koth of the Hammer, um, a, a native to Meriden who had found Elspeth, um, and Venser were uh, traveling through the plane, uh, and they'd gone through a bunch of, like, abattoirs and, like, weird Phyrexian experiment things, and they were, you know, battling their way. They emerged to the Furnace Slayer, um, and they had someone with them who they found while they were kind of traveling through Meriden named Malira, who had the power to cure phyresis, which is the the name of the disease that turns machines and organic tissue into uh, phyrexians, essentially. Oh, okay. Yeah, the, the corruption from the uh, the weird slime that, that is corrupting everything, right? The, yeah, there's a glistening oil, which, which That's uh, it, glistening. is like the... Um, I guess the 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 Toon Squad's uh, Michael's secret stuff or whatever it, it's called um, that gives the Looney Tunes super superhuman abilities. Uh, this, oh, this glistening oil right. would give uh, the Looney Tunes uh, horrible deformities and uh, some mechanic <laughs> mechanical parts. <laughs> but only if they believed it would. <laughs> only if they believed yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's 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 pretty much the summary, bringing us back up to where we are. They they emerged at the furnace layer, uh, something called the Quiet Furnace, which we we talked about on last week's episode. Uh, it's the red line section of New Phyrexia. Right. Um, it was led by um, a a Phyrexian a Phyrexian Praetor named Urabrask, and Urabrask had banned all the other Phyrexian factions from coming to the the furnace layer, saying like, "Hey, we do our work here. We provide services for all of you." They built like a lot of weapons and smelted a lot of metal that uh, other factions needed. And said, like, we'll do all that stuff for you, but you're not allowed to come. Not, don't step on our turf, homie, okay? Um, okay. And they, they noticed humans living there. And for one reason or another, listen to our last episode, they, they were okay with some of the lesser races remaining on, on New Phyrexia, essentially. So that's where the Moran resistance was based, was in the, the Furnace Lair. Uh, and they, they were welcomed when they arrived. They were welcomed... Uh, as soon as, you know, the locals realized that malaria could cure this horrible disease that most of the people were afflicted by, they were like, hey, hell, hell yeah, you can stay as long as you want. Um, malaria healed those in camp affected by the glistening oil nonstop for several days while Elspeth uh, sat with her in the tent, speaking with her, 
they, they, they were kind of becoming friends, you know, swapping stories, swapping experiences. Malira eventually... Working seems annoying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so is it so is it like draining while you're doing that? While you're doing surgery, tw- uh, eighteen hours a day is that like is that exhausting for you? Or uh, hard? Yeah, you know, I just, I just say you know I kill stuff. You know, mostly I I served as paladin for a while, but are you busy? No, you, you know. Uh, yeah, I really, really like, I really like to focus on this. This this man's nerves are almost entirely connected to the metal sludge that is coursing through his veins right now. Oh, metal sludge! You want to hear a story about metal sludge? I've dealt with it before. You know, so like when I, where I come from, Bant. <laughs> Could you tell me just into two seconds here? Yeah, just like yeah. desperately trying to hold it together with like two calipers, just like <laughs> shaking and like a bead of sweat on the tip of her nose, just like oh, okay. oh, sure, sure, sure. I'll, I'll save that story for for a little bit from now. I see, I see you're sweating, and I I sweat sometimes when I get involved in battle. You know, it's like if you dab so my intense. forehead, I will let you keep talking. <laughs> uh, Malera eventually is able to hear heal pretty much everybody in the the Mirren camp. Um, there is kind of a tipping point where someone gets too uh, inf- uh, afflicted by um, phoresis and uh, it turns into a phyrexia, Phyrexis. essentially. Uh, yeah, the guy who sung uh, Happy there. Clap along if you feel uh, oh. <laughs> that machine perfection is the truth. Um, <laughs> uh, there is a tipping point where you just become a true phyrexian and Malira can't like undo that. Um, and we'll get into the what and the why of that limitation in a bit. Uh, the spoiler alert is like, if, if it gets the heart, you know, where the soul lives, then uh, that's too far. Um, oh, I see. Malaria can heal up to a point, but then once they've they've turned into a, a true Phyrexian, then it's like they're on their own. So she can't like go find Phyrexians out in the wild and be like, I'm going to cure you. But she can cure these people who are slowly transforming into Phyrexians. It's like she can do the physical aspect of it, but she's not ordained, basically, so she can't do the spiritual correction to get rid of the Phyrexian garbage. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, so she heals everyone in the camp, and uh, the leader of the camp, or the de facto leader of the camp at the time, uh, called a council to, to a town meeting. Town meeting, everybody's cured. We need a town meeting. So, ding, 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 ding. Exactly. Uh <laughs> he's like ringing a bell like ding 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 and then the bell's like hey I'm a, what are you doing I'm a living being huh? oh the bell of the Phyrexian or just yells ding when he shakes it it doesn't actually have a clapper <laughs> exactly exactly uh, so when the invasion of Meriden first happened there was an elf named Izuri who had risen to the challenge of an invading horde of horrific monsters invading your home plane um I promise this episode isn't going to be another episode about a side character. This okay. is uh, we're we're not going to talk about Azuri a bit, but uh, only for only for the points of the story because I think it, he is an interesting character and he is. Uh, there's two iterations of his card, so I think anytime you get a, a second card printed after yourself, uh, you're doing all right as a Magic the Gathering character. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the first iteration of his card is uh, Azuri, uh, Renegade Leader. Um. He was maybe not the one you would expect to answer the call of a horrific swarm of micro-machines uh, coming to invade your, your home planet. Uh, yeah, as soon as you get infested with the tiny plastic trucks, it's really hard to get them out <laughs> once they've corrupted your soul. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, he was a bandit before um, the world went to heck. He uh, he made his he made his living making uh, you know he, he made an easy buck picking uh, picking on the weak, picking on the the downtrodden, picking on those those lowly uh, merchants who are traveling from town to town. There's a um, a faction of people known as the Vidalkin, and uh, for a while 
uh, he was the he or I think he still holds the the world rec- Guinness World Record for highest bounty ever placed on an individual. Uh, this Azuri fellow, just because of all the all, all the the hoodwinking he did. Okay. Wow. Uh, when the world was threatened, though, he organized his fellow Viridian elves into groups that fought off the invaders, and he established refugee camps for humans fleeing the invasions. Um, eventually, the Viridian elves were beaten back. He led them to the treetops, where they held out as long as they could, until eventually they uh, they were removed even from the tallest treetops, essentially. So um, they were living in the, the green section of Meriden, uh, but again, there's not really living resistance in any of the other... Uh, layers on any of the other thing it's just in the quiet furnace so uh, eventually he they made their way out of the the green section their home their their wood elves to the uh the furnace layer uh where they joined up with the viridian viridian like the color yeah oh that's cool it's like pokemon Viridian City. Is Erica okay? Did Vile <laughs> make it out of the Phyrexian horde? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Stun spore, Violet Blue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. I, I, uh, Sandshrew, I choose you. Gingatax Jataxius, leader of the progress engine. I choose you. <laughs> um. Yeah, so they, eventually they, they meet up with the resistance. Uh, they join their way. He he takes on the role of leader at a certain point, and he's kind of you know, like I said, de facto leader of this place. This is where Koth was from, and Koth was probably seen as a as a leader for a time as well. Um, but Koth had to leave. He was went in search of a way to stop the Phyrexians. Now he's back, baby. Um, so this guy uh, Aruzi had called or Azuri, sorry, had called the the meeting uh, because once Malira had healed everyone in the camp. And our, our wayward questers, you know, Elspeth, Koth, and Venser were ready to once more search for Karn. Azuri approached Malira and asked her to stay. He's like, hey, you know what? You uh, have this magic ability uh, that lets you cure this sickness that uh, people come down with in the camp all the time. It's horrifying. Mutates them horribly. Uh, they become monsters. They go insane. And they try and kill everyone that they once loved. Uh, and Malira's thought about it. And she's like, you know what, though? Kind of like these new guys. I think I'm going to go with them. Uh, they might need my help. Um, okay. They might need a chiropractor on the road. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What, what like if they... Her, her name sounds like malaria, which is like another thing that she would probably have to fix. <laughs> she, can cure, <laughs> she can cure two things, phyresis and malaria, because their name sounds like it. But once <laughs> someone starts to turn into a mosquito, then it's all over. Then it's right? all over, yeah. It's, yeah. Well, yeah. Once not, a mosquito corrupts your soul, you yeah. become a mosquito. Not Yeah, not <laughs> once they start to turn into a mosquito, but once they fully turn into a mosquito, yes. then, then she yeah, can yeah. no longer heal them. Yeah. yeah. Then the uh, bats are after you because you look delicious. <laughs> so uh, when Malira turns him down, you know, when Malira says, like, ew, I have a boyfriend. Um, his name is Elspeth, okay? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Azuri... Uh, his exploitative side from his bandit days kind of shows its face. He was pretty intent on keeping Malira there through whatever means necessary. He knew there was still a risk of infection for people there, like I said. Um, but he also really wanted the credit for keeping... Like, he didn't want to help people as much as he wanted to be thanked for helping people, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. You know? Our, yeah, of course. It, he, I mean, it's the... I don't want to get too conspiratorial. It's kind of the Bill Gates thing that's going on these days, right? Where it's just like, I'm a good man. I'm buying everyone's farmland and selling it back to them because I can manage it sort of thing. <laughs> uh, he wants uh, to like 
just kind of he wants to look like a good guy opposed to be an actual good guy. Yeah, he yeah wants or you give a, you give a hundred dollars to a homeless person, but you make a YouTube channel to show the video of you giving a hundred dollars. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, make make fifty thousand. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. He he's you know he's like, she's like, hey, look, I know I could heal, you know the 50 people that are here, but we have a chance of stopping the Phyrexian invasion. I have a chance to save like millions, if not billions of lives throughout the multiverse. He's like, yeah, but think about the optics for me. You know, <laughs> it's an election season coming up. I got to think about, you know, the well-being of my constituents. Okay. So really, yeah. look, I can't, I can't go back to being a plumber, you know, like it's just, I haven't done it in years. I'd have to reapply for my journeyman status. It's a big thing. Okay. So yeah, uh, we're gonna keep you here, uh, and you're you're He's not. Minority tribe. It's not even his choice when the election is. It's just like <laughs> I just. Yeah, exactly. Um, so he's like, no, we're gonna keep you here. He's loath to give up his newfound power and respect. He was hoping to become more influential by keeping her around, but he wasn't quite ready to square off against the Planeswalkers. So, as soon as Malira went and got her boyfriend Elspeth, um, you know, she gave a, a small show of power, and uh, he was just like, oh. Wow, you guys are like really strong, huh? Okay, I'm uh, I'm gonna leave you alone. And just then, the uh, the camp was attacked by Phyrexians. Um, whether they were, you know, not Urabrask's red aligned Phyrexians of the Quiet Furnace faction, uh, and they were, you know, uh, like an invading other force that was breaking the rules that Urabrask had set down, or whether they were like rogue red red Phyrexians, you know, who decided to attack the camp is unclear. Um, but they get, they get attacked by these Phyrexians. He kind of gets separated, gets driven out uh, of the camp. So they're like, well, that's that's a problem solved because we were going to have to, you know, deal with the politics of that. But it seems just like the politician uh, was run out of town by a, a, a group of rabid coyotes. So, <laughs> <laughs> which if it could happen more in real life, I'd be very down. But, Let's uh, run him out of town on the rails. Yeah. <laughs> It's like a meat train made of Phyrexian material. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I'd love like a, like an art piece of Bernie Sanders fighting off a pack of wild coyotes. A pack of wild coyotes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wearing his mittens and everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, or like, it's like, a, it's like the, uh, the, the sunblock girl, but it's like a coyote biting his mittens off instead of the lower half of the <laughs> 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 yeah. The copper it's tone a girl. Copper tone? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Copper tone, yeah, the copper tone girl. <laughs> isn't that isn't that like a famous person? I feel like that's like I think she's famous now because she's been the copper tone girl for a century. It was Betty White when she was younger. Was it Betty Yo, White? Yo, young Betty White was fine though. <laughs> okay, wait. I have no idea. Peter, we're talking about a baby on a sunscreen bottle. Please don't say she was fine. Uh, <laughs> no, young baby. It was 22. We're talking about a baby on a sunscreen bottle, damn it. <laughs> um, anyway. Uh, Azuri, uh, the coyotes are eating his mittens. He's got it. He's got a thing. <laughs> um, he also, Venser, Venser and Elspeth also gave him a little, a little demonstration of their power. And he was like, I, I'm not able to fight you guys anyway. Um, eventually... He uh he he does get captured. He gets complicated uh, by the Phyrexians. He turns into uh he turns from Azuri Renegade Leader into his other card, Azuri the Claw of Progress. Um Oh, that's a spooky name. I don't like that at all. <laughs> the the progress engine is a is the blue line faction led by uh Jin Gataxius. 
had turned yep. him into an agent of Phyrexia's will. As the Claw of Progress, he now seeks to extend the Phyrexian's gift of perfection to his former allies. So, um, even he is not immune to uh, horrible meat monsters that will butcher you and, and turn you into other things. Anything that calls itself the progress engine is probably not doing the best thing. Yeah, right? Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, it's a seriously, seriously dystopian sci-fi name right there. Well, it's yeah. funny because the, like, the blue-aligned intellectual Phyrexians were very much the by-any-means-necessary kind of guys, which, as we've established a hundred times in this in this show, by-any-means-necessary is always a setup for a villain. <laughs> Pretty <laughs> no much. matter what. Pretty much. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, I... You know, we kind of had this discussion on last week's episode about BattleTech, where uh, I said the people that left the the inner spheres to go to the the deep periphery were the bad guys because they left with all the yeah. best and brightest minds. Uh, but it's kind of a morally gray thing, right? I don't think saying the Phyrexians are the bad guys in the Magic: The Gathering universe is in any way morally gray. Uh, I mean, the Phyrexians <laughs> being evil is not controversial whatsoever because <laughs> yeah, exactly. they're not. They're not people. Exactly. They're, they're they're like a mercury colored sludge that like modifies everything it touches. Exactly. Opposed to people who just got fed up with kings and queens. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah uh, that that's the DLC coming to Magic. By the way, you got the blue magic, you got the red magic, you got <laughs> black magic, you got the morally gray. Yeah, magic. exactly. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> the gray uh, color. Yeah. So uh, I play this card, killing in self defense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, <laughs> so there, there is, and I've mentioned this on past Magic episodes, but there is colorless mana, which is a specific color of mana. Like there is, there is gray, a gray color mana, which is colorless mana, and it is a specific color of mana. Um, okay, it's usually used to uh, if you have Eldrazi, which are the Eldritch Horrors, the like the uh, okay. Lovecraft abominations. They they need you need to spend a colorless mana plus any other color of mana. Or like six other colors of mana to to cast them or whatever. Okay, uh, yeah. so you're not wrong. I Jim. play I play Florida. I tap Florida and play Stand My Ground. Long. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I, I your planeswalker in the back when he's trying to jump off my balcony. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, so what happens next was a little a little confusing for me in researching. Um, I didn't. I haven't read the book. Uh, the book the the book in question is uh, Scars of Mirrodin: The Quest for Karn. Um. By all accounts, it's a very bad book. So uh, I, d- I have no plans on reading it either. But um, basically what happens next is after the attack uh, of the um, of the Phyrexians on the Mirren Resistance camp, they find a guide. Uh, it doesn't... I could find nowhere that explicitly told me who this guide was. And like <laughs> I said, I wasn't willing to buy a book that I wasn't planning on reading just for this one specific detail. Dude, uh, it was just gamefaq.com with all the ASCII oh, art, and oh, it yeah. was 50 pages. They they, pr- they printed the game fact, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I, 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 think it, I think this is a guide of Tezzeret, or sent by Tezzeret, and we'll get into why why I think that. Um, Tezzeret, we mentioned on the Venser episode when they first arrived in New Phyrexia, uh, also had sent them guides before. He sent them a guide to get them here to uh, the Furnace Lair, and through, you know, a couple of meat abattoirs and things like that. Down the meat shaft, okay. they had a guide sent by this guy named Tezzeret, who, at the time, I said I, I could get a full episode. We'll go into him a bit today, but uh, he could also get a full episode at a, at a future date. I love the phrase meat abattoirs, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I say meat abattoir. I think meat might be redundant, though. It's like saying tuna fish, right? Like, 
Right. You don't need to say the fish part, but sometimes you say it. Because, like, I don't think there's yeah. another type of abattoir other than one that deals with meat, right? Yeah. And uh, you wouldn't say, you wouldn't say, like, a can of, or, like, you, you buy some chicken bird breast either. Chicken bird. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> chicken bird. Yeah, but, I don't know. Meat abattoir. It's It sounds beautiful. It's like cellar door or whatever. Oh, yeah. Meat okay, abattoir. Yeah. The meat abattoir. You know? oh, yes. It's, why, why don't we go relax in the meat abattoir? <laughs> oh, I, I think so, Duchess. <laughs> Sit down in my chaise lounge, medium rare. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So all, all to say, uh, they have a guide who's willing to take them to the core uh, where they think that Karn might be. That's where they've been trying to get, right? When they arrived yeah. at the furnace layer, they, they were like heading for the core. So they continue to descend through the spheres of, of New Phyrexia. They also continue to uncover more horrific aberrations. Um, they get into a fight with two Phyrexian angels, uh, which probably hits pretty close uh, for Elspeth because, uh, like Pete, you said, she's from the Shard of Bant, which was ruled yeah. by angels. She's, you know, known angels most of her adult life. She didn't, she was born on a, a plane and completely overrun by Phyrexians, but. The first now, place they... she knew as home uh, was ruled by angels, and she probably knew a couple angels in her life. These Phyrexian angels are they corrupted by the ooze, or is or are they just like horrifying copies? Like, uh, like are the are the Phyrexians? Did they build angels that had been described to them over the phone? Basically, I, I'm gonna like... guess. I'm gonna guess both to some extent. Um, okay. So we talked about uh, Memnark building. Uh, soul traps for to to bring planeswalkers in from other planes and he brought a bunch of uh, uh living creatures from other planes to try and produce planeswalker sparks so memnar could right. become a a planeswalker someday i'll do a, a glissa episode as well uh which we'll talk about glissa uh, even less than tesseret on this episode but uh we'll talk about glissa killing Memnark and Memnark at, at this point in the story Memnark is dead Memnark is no longer on new phyrexia but Memnark kind of set up new phyrexia to be what it is um okay. I, I believe I mentioned it in the Venture episode that, that Glissa does someday kill Memnark. I don't know if I set up the timeline to make it clear that Memnark is no longer... Uh, Memnark is dead at this point. Um, does Glissa have anything to do with Glizzy's? Uh, Glizzy McGuire? Yeah, she, it's All Glizzy right. McGuire's cousin, actually. Dude, I would watch Glizzy, Glizzy McGuire, but she's a hot dog. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> uh, it's like the uh, was a uh, sausage fest starring uh, Seth Rogen, not set in the uh, the Lizzie verse. <laughs> <laughs> Could be. I haven't seen much of either, so I can't rule it out. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Gordo was a planeswalker, and then whoever the girlfriend is is a Phyrexian. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Uh, that makes that sense. was the point. That's why when Lizzie McGuire does Paris or whatever the fuck that movie was called. She falls in love with Gordo. It's because Liz- Lizzie McGuire does Dallas or something. Yeah. But she was actually into a hot dude named Ethan, I think, right? Oh. So, no, yeah. his name was Nathan. Nathan Balmer. Nathan Balmer. <laughs> <laughs> Who is Nathan Balmer? Um, <laughs> All of Ethan's shadow economic policies. <laughs> so... The, these creatures, these angels, whether they were captured angels who were, you know, infected with glistening oil. Uh, wh- what I'm willing to bet is some were captured angels infected with glistening oil. Then they saw those ones. They said, well, we could make more of those and then made those horrible reproductions on their own also kind of, okay. you know. Um, they were defeated by Elspeth. Uh, but the group would kind of hit a breaking point here. Koth uh, of the Hammer. This is his home. Uh, he's probably pretty fred- fed up of seeing, you know... Um, creatures overrunning it and everybody he knows being at constant risk um 
So he, he gets frustrated. He'd been forced to leave the people that he'd sworn to save in an effort to find Karn. And it's I guess it's starting to feel like for him that they're never going to find Karn. They're just going to find more and more awful Phyrexians the deeper down they go. Uh, Phyrexians all the way down, essentially. Um, so he doesn't believe that they're going to find him anymore. Uh, or, or maybe he doesn't believe that finding him would achieve anything. Maybe he's like, the infection is so bad. You know, I don't think Karn can save us. Like, he's a planeswalker. We're planeswalkers. If he can do anything, why aren't we doing something? Um, angry at their lack, lack of progress, Koth takes Malira and leaves the group. So Malira, from what I could tell, doesn't have any agency. She just goes where a powerful people tell her to go. Um, and and she's like, okay, I just said that I definitely wasn't, wasn't going to stay at the Moran resistance camp. But if you're going back to the Moran resistance camp, I guess you're right. I guess I'll come. Um, so, so they, they leave Elspeth and Venser are now on their own. They have their guide, uh, with them, uh, sent by an unknown, uh, shadowy benefactor, uh, who wants to take them to the course. So they're, they're kind of left with this decision. Like, do we, do we press on without him or do we go back for him? Uh, they decide to go back for him. So they're like, let's split up. You know what? Let's not split up. Like, we should probably yeah. stay grouped, you know? Venture and Scoob, you go that way. Yeah, uh, exactly. Daphne, Elspeth, and I will go the other way. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> you guys go check out the basement. We're going to check out the master bedroom. Uh, <laughs> uh, Freddy, just get shotgunned in front of a bunch of Phyrexians. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they, they go after Koth, uh, but they, they quickly get ambushed by a group of Phyrexians. The Phyrexians are like, look at these idiots. They split up. What a bunch of dubbies. Like, uh, yeah. all, all it took was a couple Snoo- Scooby snacks, and we broke the group apart. No problem. Yeah, it was the corridor that's just all doors yeah. closed up. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> it's like a run back and forth. Um, they get ambushed. Elspeth goes into a battle fury. She wipes out the force in front of them uh, entirely, utterly. But what's the problem with Phyrexians? They're an unceasing tide. They just, they never end. So as soon as she... You know, it explicitly said in the in the the recap that she killed every single one of them, but then more of them showed up. So what are you going to do? Huh? Keep killing them. Keep you keep killing them. You keep killing them until you can't anymore. That's yep. exactly what Elspeth did. They continue to pour in uh, more and more of them appearing until the planeswalkers were eventually overwhelmed. Uh, the f- now, it, do they bleed the glistening oil to create more Phyrexians? Is that the problem, or are they just generated? constantly by the different like forms of corruption um a bit of both uh i i think it's like uh maybe they fight with their mouth closed kind of situation because glistening oil re- <laughs> <laughs> so you don't get so you don't get their blood in your mouth their kids that yeah <laughs> it's rude to fight with your mouth open yeah, yeah. Okay. they're so <laughs> elspeth El- El- and venser are fighting with their masks on okay they're being responsible they're keeping they're keeping six feet of separation while they're battling these phyrexians um uh, i mean it, it's unclear i think this is you know uh some liberties in the fiction pete where sure uh, glistening oil uh, reproduces on its own as we saw when it first overtook um phyrexia it's you know memnarch spilled one little bottle and it it happened to grow to a point where it overtook the entire plane yeah he chemical x is powerpuff girls and then it took over the planet exactly and and you know they injected into creatures to to turn them into phyrexians right in one way or another whether it's just you know unclean tools that are you know covered in glistening oil or they actually like use a syringe and inject them is is like dr nick 
Yeah, the Simpsons would be like a Phyrexian surgeon in the furnace, just like, what? I wiped them with my napkin. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Even flammable means flammable. What yeah. a god! Yeah. Seriously, baby, I can prescribe anything you want me to. <laughs> um, yeah. So, like, Elizabeth and Venser don't get infected while they're fighting these things. I guess. I oh. guess I thought the question that you were getting to. Uh, they do well, get. I thought it, I, yeah, never it, it answered the question it's all yeah. good actually they, they do get kidnapped uh for what it's worth uh and they now we kind of see that they they're clearly working under orders they're not just like a mindless band come to kill these things like they didn't just come across elspeth and venser and say like oh here's humans let's kill them we love killing humans you know uh because yeah. they they take them alive um which is you know probably half cuz story and half uh for reasons but um Whoever's orders they were under, um, well, well, I guess we'll get to it in a sec. So they capture Elspeth and Venser, and they're headed back to their their leader, whoever told them to go capture Elspeth and Venser. But the Phyrexians, for a change, didn't know what they're up they were up against. They they came across the greatest threat to a group of metal abominations. You guys want to take a crack at what that might be? A giant magnet. I was going to have... That was my idea, too. I don't have a second guess. Uh, great improv, Pete. No, it's even even more deadly than a giant magnet. It's a door with a rounded handle. So, um, they're... Oh, no, their Lego Man hands can't get around the knob. Can't grab the knob. Yeah, exactly. Oh, God. They, they do latches, no problem. But rounded handles, they don't uh, They don't seem to handle. So, or they, if you have the, the like, flat one that you could like just push it down with your machine stump exactly. but like they actually have like a door knob that yeah. just they can't grab on yeah <laughs> see if it was a push or a pull no problem automatic doors beautiful so far yeah. the Frexians have the same power to open doors as my dog does yeah exactly <laughs> exactly um so uh, this 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 part was weird for me again in researching i couldn't find what about this door stopped them but everything i read every source i found was like they got stopped at a door they were trying to figure out how to open a door. The door had them stopped. So I'm kind of picturing a um, uh, the Fellowship of the Ring entering uh, Moria situation. Oh yeah, where they like they get to this place and he's and like the lead Phyrexian is like, no, I can't remember the password. You know, like. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I was thinking that it was just like a D and D check where everybody's rolling for traps, checking yeah. perception, <laughs> and like taking forever. Just open the damn door. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it, no, it's it's one of those things where like at the DM was like never said the door was locked and the group yeah. is like i want to pick the lock and the dm's like uh okay roll roll sleight of hand and then they roll and they're they all just roll really bad and it's like yeah you guys don't unlock the door but <laughs> but nobody tries the handle to just see if it's unlocked uh, all right let's <laughs> go back to the town like <laughs> swinging saloon doors that neither hits the top of the building nor the bottom so they can yeah. see both over and under and through it and they're just like ah! um so yeah whatever happened they took a wrong turn turn at albuquerque and ended up in front of this door because like also this is their home plane i don't know why they don't they took this route if they know that there's a door that they can't open on the way back but all of it all of it unclear um if if we want to say lore boys canon uh, and we want we want to give them the, the writer the benefit of the doubt. We'll say it was sabotaged by a rival faction, and we'll get into who the rival factions are in a sec. Um, okay. But 
really to me it when i was researching this it just seemed so silly that they couldn't open this they was just like and then they got to a door that they couldn't open i was like okay sure <laughs> uh so while the group of machines stopped to ponder how to open this particular doorway they dropped the caps of planeswalkers behind them and turned 100 percent of their attention to the puzzle uh, the puzzle of the rounded door door handle. When did they turn into like the big guy from a Looney Tunes cartoon? <laughs> yeah. with a, with a, like, uh, you don't move when I look, don't look at you sort of thing. Yeah. Just like, <laughs> pardon me. And then they all just like, just like furrowing their brows, <laughs> sweating bullets, like trying to figure out how to open this fucking door. Where's Elspeth and Venter? They're like being carried by this group of Phyrexians and they got stuck at the door? Or? Yeah, so they're, they're like hogtied by the Phyrexians and okay. uh, the Phyrexians. Oh, yeah, the Phyrexians get to the door, put them down, and are now all, like, every single one of them standing there looking at the door, essentially. Okay. Uh, Venter just, like, filled the other room with water or something, and it's, like, yeah. really stuck. <laughs> they're, they're, they're pretty magical people. Maybe yeah. they, they had something. I don't, see, I don't see why not, James. You're, <laughs> you're yeah. making a good point. Yeah. Um, so the momentary distraction, however, of this door would allow Koth and Malira to sneak up and free Elspeth and Venter. They, uh, maybe much like Elspeth, as soon as Koth and, Malera, uh, Koth and Malera had left, Elspeth was like, uh, maybe we should stay grouped. Maybe Koth and Malera left, and Koth was like, mm, maybe we should stay grouped. Um, or maybe they overheard the force uh, that, that killed. Maybe they overheard the battle and said, like, oh, you know, we got to try and help them. Uh, whatever it was, they were like, we got to try and help uh, our friends, Elspeth and Venser. You know, I might be mad that we haven't solved this Phyrexian issue, but I'm not willing to let them die for it. Is the door just painted on? Yeah, yeah, maybe maybe it's a real Looney Tunes situation where yeah. that dang Roadrunner, uh, yeah, one of the Phyrexians is like, no, no, I just saw a Roadrunner run down here. I swear to God, guys. <laughs> he's just standing there with a smashed nose. Like, <laughs> that's, that's the other planeswalker that we're going to get into in the next episode is the Roadrunner. The Roadrunner, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's a wall-y wall coyote, like a robot coyote. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, Koth and Malira free Elspeth and Venser. Um, by the time the Phyrexian realized what was going on, the companions were, were off running. You know what I mean? Uh, so there's no yep. battle here. Uh, so they're, they're, they're peeling out. They're, they're Tokyo drifting away. One thing is becoming pretty clear though. Venser's strength is wearing thin. Um, he, he seems... He's not a planeswalker, right? He is a planeswalker. He is the first of the new class of planeswalkers. Oh, the Neo ones. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. Sorry, I forgot about that. His strength is is clearly wearing thin. Uh, it seems, and we remember a bit about Venser. We, we did most of an episode on him. Uh, it seems that he had spent too much time working with Power Stones, and it was beginning to show. Um so you guys might or might not remember from the Brothers War episodes uh, that Power Stones basically ha- like emit radiation and they make people extremely sick, uh, which right, was yeah. where Yawgmoth and the Phyrexian uh, blight originally came from was Yawgmoth recruited a bunch of people who were forced to live under a city powered by Power Stones who all got extremely sick from those Power Stones. He recruited a bunch of them to to create Phyrexia, essentially. Um, so he's like an alchemist who played with too much mercury at this point. Hey, hey, I mean, he's exactly like that. So his his home had been on Urborg beneath a time rift, and he'd whiled away his youth picking up pieces of uranium and, you know, uh, tasting them. And, you know, like, what's the, di- the difference in taste between plutonium and uranium? Like, uh, 
he he used them to make machines. So he made the before he could planeswalk, he made like the device to teleport himself, basically because he he hated his upbringing and he hated the place that he grew up. Um, the longer he has spent at this point gallivanting about, plane shifting around is um, it's taking a bigger toll on the latent radiation poisoning that that he's taken. <laughs> Whoa, fuck me, Elspeth, man. I'm wiped. I need a couple of smokes. Just let me sit down. I just, I don't feel so good. <laughs> exactly, yeah. You got any, he's like scratching his arm. You got any uranium? Yeah, you, are you holding? Are you holding? Hmm? Uh, <laughs> oh, sorry, I made craft dinner so fluorescent orange. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's it all Venser. Yeah. <laughs> Venser's, Venser's great at two things. He's, uh, he's great at inventing uh, devices. He's kind of an artificer, and he makes a mean box of craft dinner. He gets the perfect oh, ratio yeah. of butter, cheese, butter, cheese powder, and uh, milk. And milk. Yeah. Yeah, it's macaroni and cheese for our international <laughs> folks. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Our, our American listeners primarily, but I was just about to do the same thing. I was like, oh, wait, I think craft dinner is just a Canadian thing, but it's, yeah. it's box mac and cheese. Uh, yeah. Very orange. Um, so as they were trying to flee the Phyrexians who were now chasing them, Venser's sickness was slowing them down. One of the great strengths of machines, of course, is good cardio. Um, machines don't really tire out uh, so easily, right? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> so knowing, yeah. They, knowing they couldn't take the time to catch their breath, uh, Venser comes up with the idea to show Koth how to uh, make a bomb, essentially. He's like, hey, all the walls here are made out of metal. If we uh, if we just infuse some magic into the proper um, organization of, of metal parts, uh, it can blow this whole this whole gosh dang tunnel up. And and Koth is a geomancer, so he kind of sculpts metal and stone and things like that. Uh, so he's like, sure, like show me how to do it, and, and I'll do it. So Koth and Koth and Venser work together to build this bomb, um, and they they blow up the tunnel, which buys them a bit of time. They know they don't have all day. They know the the forces will eventually break their way through. Um and that the forces are are working behind them. As, I like how they can get through a pile of fucking broken metal, but a door. A door that, was pretty confusing. Yeah. Okay. Like yeah. I think they used the drill shaped Phyrexian to get through the door they couldn't open. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, they pretty much summon the drill shaped Phyrexian and the bulldozer Phyrexian and the pickaxe Phyrexian and just like go to town on it. Yeah. Uh, we played too much bad rap. One they forgot they left behind. <laughs> It's uh, it, it's like the Alanis Morissette song. Uh, it's like everything is a spoon when all you need is a knife. It's like everything is a hand that can grip a door handle. Or it's like everything is a pickaxe when all you need is a hand that can grip a door handle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like paying. <laughs> uh, so they're they're running. They're running. It's like uh, <laughs> when you're walking through. Uh, the Frexian force. Um, they'd been running from. Or and I guess the that had been that had captured them and was bringing it to this person decided to show herself. I think telekinetically. I think she's like messaging them or something like that. Um, but it's it's the woman named Glissa who I, I mentioned now and I, I mentioned on one of our previous episodes very briefly. Who again could have her her own episode. She's kind of the one of the main characters in a book called The Moons of Meriden. Um, she was once the guardian of Meriden. Like I said, she killed Memnarch. Uh, when you know the inhabitants of Mirden kind of realized that uh, Memnarch wasn't a good dude because he was capturing and torturing all these people, trying to turn into a planeswalker, um, Glissa killed him, but does eventually succumb to the Phyrexian infection. Um, so she's she's a a full fledged Phyrexian at this point, and she's taunting the planeswalkers as they fled. Their rescue would come in an unlikely form. So 
This is when our party gets a first-hand look at the rivaling factions within the Phyrexian whole. So we know from our last episode that there's, you know, the red, the white, the all the different colors of Phyrexia that all kind of operate on their own purposes. But there's also even kind of yeah. like sub-factions led by, by, by rulers um, to different extents. So the Planeswalker Tezzeret had been born to difficult circumstances. Um, sometime after the mending of the Shards of Alara, which we've, we talked about uh, in the early Elspeth episodes, Tezzeret had been born to parents who didn't care enough for him to give him a name. Uh, he was born on the Shard of Alara known as Esper, uh, and his parents were just like, yeah, your kid, your boy, you know? Like uh, like Kratos' son, I guess. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, not having any real sense of familiar structure, it was his friends who would give him the name Tezzeret. Tezzeret, uh, on Esper, where he's from specifically, is is a native tongue. In his native tongue, is uh, like an improvised weapon. Um, okay. They gave him the name after he stabbed an older kid who was bullying him. I was gonna say, are there no bullies on Tezzeret cons- uh, on uh, on Esper, considering they gave him the name Tezzeret instead of something that actual young boys would give <laughs> to your friend as a name? Is just like shitface or whatever. It's like yeah, and the shitface shows up to save them from the Phyrexians. <laughs> it's 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 like a language barrier thing. It's like they named him oh. Shiv because he shivved a guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and a boner lord, like something reasonable that we would understand <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, so it was the death of Tezzeret's mother who that would define who Tezzeret was more than his harsh childhood even. Uh, he was begging in a slum of the city, uh, or she was begging in a slum of the city, excuse me, when she was run down by a guildmaster's carriage, leaving Tezzeret and his father alone. His father was very physically abusive. So while the two of them were cleaning the corpse out of the street, his father imparted the seeds that would alter Tezzeret's worldview forever. His father said to him, the strong rule and take whatever they can from the weak. And on Esper, there is no greater force than the mages. So with this simple declaration, Tezzeret's like, well, I'm going to become a fucking mage then. Like, why Why would I be one of the people that gets taken from rather than one of the people that takes, you know? I yeah. thought he was going to stab all the mages. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> then, he, then, he, then he boner boyed his dad. Um <laughs> So the next day, he begins to help his, his father salvage metal from the cesspools. And he's like, hey, you know, yesterday I had this great idea to become a mage. Today, I found out I have a real talent for it. Um, he, he was a natural talent in something called rhabdomancy, uh, which gives him the ability to find metal more easily than his father. So he's like a, he's a great uh, scavenger, essentially. Oh, okay. So he, he walks around on a beach in front of an old guy and just yells beep very loudly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Rabdomancy itself is the technique of divining by using a dousing rod. So, like when you when you hear about somebody uh, dousing, they're they're a rabdomancer, and that this is like a, a real life thing. This isn't like a Magic the Gathering thing. Uh, okay, rabdomancy is present in the Bible in a couple couple places. Depending on which version you find, it's it might not be written as rabdomancy, but the actual. What are the root rabdo is like? I've never. I don't know. Jamie, pull up the clip. I didn't. I didn't yeah, look. I, I didn't look that much into it. I did pull up the Wikipedia page to find out that, like, oh, it's in like uh, you know these these different Bible Bible verses. But um, anyway, so he 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 gets a. He's like, I have a knack for for finding salvage. He he's so good at it that his dad can quit his job, but he's just like stealing from his dad this whole time and saving up to go to an academy. 
Also, he's stealing from his dad, opposed yeah, yeah, to like yeah. the child star thing. That's the inverse. Well, I mean, no, his dad is is completely like his dad has stopped working and is just letting Tezzeret bring in the money, and then he's taking taking all that money. So he is doing that. Okay. But this is like a child star child star success story where he's like, "But also, dad, fuck you. I paid for a lawyer who's emancipating me now." And, okay, and okay, he leaves. Okay. Um, Ancient Greek uh, rabdos means rod. Rod. There you go. Oh well, that makes Nancy sense from the, the rod. tool of the of the dowsing is the dowsing rod. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Tezzeret, Tezzeret's like, hey, I'm I'm pretty powerful. Eventually, he, he gets his planeswalker spark. I I we I will do an episode on Tezzeret someday. I talked about him during the Jace episode like ages ago. I talked about him a, a few episodes. I think the Venser episode um, when, when he he gave them their first guide, the planeswalkers when they arrived in New Phyrexia. Uh, oh, okay. So I will do an episode someday on on everything is because he's an agent of Bolas of Nicol Bolas in uh, throughout a lot of it. So he's he's not a good guy. He's very much uh, like 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 I was kind of just saying like he's very much the mentality of like I'm strong, so I get things. You know, as long okay. as as long as I'm strong enough, I can keep taking stuff. Uh, well, his reaction to being oppressed by the mages was to become a mage and not change the structure of it. He was just like, oh man, that's a good that's a good life path. So it's, <laughs> he he's, he doesn't have like the um, you know, the wide-eyed optimism of, like, a an actual hero. Yeah, exactly. He's just uh, ambitious. Yeah, yeah, I mean, ambitious. Uh, he's objectively pretty evil in a lot of the things that he does, but, uh, you know, well, for- from circumstance, I guess. Um, what all we need to know about him uh, is that he's uh, a planeswalker. He's an extremely capable artificer, so he's, he's known to work with machines and, and metals and things like that. Uh, and he eventually finds his way to New Phyrexia, where he was serving as an agent of Phyrexia. So he, he was serving the search for perfection. Um, he was working for Bolas while he was on Phyrexia. Uh, so as soon as he got to Phyrexia, one of Bolas's agents who was already there um, gave him an injection, which made him immune to Phyresis. So um, he was able to establish himself in the within the Phyrexian hierarchy without undergoing compliation at any point. Interesting. They're like, ah... New human, eh? Uh, here to work for uh, the Phyrexians. Okay, well, it's a it's a painful process. A lot of paperwork, if you know what I mean. Uh, you got to take a couple of these pills. So uh, just okay. pop, pop those bad boys in, and uh, we'll get on with the next with step. With food, trust me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, you know what? Take it with food. He probably wouldn't have been evil if he didn't get a vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, may, maybe not. Maybe not, but uh, maybe also. Um... <laughs> So his first encounter was with Jin Kataxius, the leader of the Progress Engine, who greeted him, uh, led him to the core, where a surprise was waiting. So uh, I don't know why Elspeth and Vesper and Koth didn't think to just ask Jin Kataxius, because apparently he just takes takes the new new guys straight to the core. Um, at the core, the Silver Golem Karn sat at the center of the plane, from where he was leading the Phyrexian compilation of Meriden. Wait, what? So sometime after the death of Memnark at the hands of Glissa, and you guys might remember uh, that Memnark had locked Karn out of the plane, right? Yeah. He changed the locks when his dad left. Right. He painted the doors all on. After, <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. After yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he just he painted what looked like a padlock on the doors, and Karn just never never tried turning the handle. Uh, <laughs> because robots can't see in 3D, so he wouldn't have, couldn't have told, the, couldn't have, like, perceived that it was flat. <laughs> exactly. Um, so 
after Memnarch died, Karn was able to return to Phyrexia. Uh, once he returned, however, it didn't take long before the glistening oil, which had gotten way out of control, uh, happened to uh, corrupt him as well. Oh. He wasn't wearing a mask. See, kids? Exactly. That's, why it's fucking, that's why it's fucking important. Even at the center of the earth, you exactly. gotta... If you're going to go out. Don't listen to Jamie. He should have got his vaccine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, slowly losing his mind due to the glistening oil, Karn became the father of machines and the leader of New Phyrexia. It was Karn himself oh, no. who was the driving infestation of his former home. Uh, Karn created the Praetors, left them to complete the work that he had begun because he's going full on crazy and didn't have it in him to finish it, but he, he created the Praetors to do the work for him, essentially. Oh, shit. Uh, Tezzeret was like, okay, I can work with this. Uh, crazy guy in charge? Sure. I've, uh, I've worked with Bolas before. I, I think I can handle an egomaniac. Um, <laughs> so he ingratiates himself to Karn uh, until eventually he was one of his most trusted advisors next to Glissa and Geth. Uh, Geth, you guys might remember, was the uh, the guy who protected the Vault of Whispers. He was the first of the seven Steel Thanes that we talked about. Um, he was one of the guys on the, on the he was one of the guys on the Bachelor uh, trying to yeah. get with Shieldred, the Whispering One, essentially. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Geth, this guy, happened to be one of Karn's right hand men. Glissa, uh, who killed Memnarch and then was corrupted by Phyrexia, eventually also one of Karn's right hand men. Tezzeret. Uh, rises up and these these guys it's kind of weird because the seven steel thanes serve shieldra the whispering one but at the same time he's also their right hand man the writing is a is a fucking mess um, <laughs> and i i think it's because like hey it's they have a ton of books a lot of them are written by different authors uh and this this one in particular by a lot of the reviews i read and a lot of what i'm just reading trying to research this it seems really disjointed with a lot of the other books, but now we're saying Geth, though he serves Shieldred, the Whispering One, is also the right-hand man of the uh, the de facto leader of the Phyrexians, essentially, uh, who is a crazy guy who who doesn't issue any commands and just kind of sits at the center of the plane. Um, so Tezzeret's like, hey, I I can help. I'm I'm great at working with crazy people. Uh, so he, he manages to get a spot with Glissa and Geth next to, next to Karn. But despite how he presents himself, Tezzeret has his own ambitions. He was, uh, content working for Karn, but he coveted Karn's position and was seeking to usurp him. So he's like, I've earned, I've earned my place at the center of the earth going crazy. Exactly. I, I put in the hours. <laughs> I put in the, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, so he was the one, uh, who, um, who, was setting up the Frexians, or not the Frexians, sorry, the Planeswalkers, Elspeth, Koth, and, and Vesper with guides. As soon as they arrived on the plane, he was essentially like, well, here's a fucking opportunity, you know what I mean? He's like, they're going to get to the center of the earth, they're looking for Karn, they're going to get to the center of the earth, and they're going to see that he's gone crazy, and that he can't be saved, and uh, they'll kill him for me, you know? Do the dirty work for me. Yeah. Um, so when he sees... The only reason I work hard is just to have <laughs> other people kill my boss. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So when he sees that Glissa is hot on the trails of the the planeswalkers, he's like, oh, "You meddle some fool! You're going to ruin everything." Uh, <laughs> so he, he's like, "Okay, here's my opportunity to to deal with them too. Like if I'm making a if I'm shooting for the king, I better not miss. So it's time to knock out Glissa too." Um, 
he sends his forces to intercept Glissa's forces. So uh, as they're fleeing, the tunnel collapsed behind them. They got the pickaxe Phyrexian. They got the drill Phyrexian. They got the bulldozer Phyrexian all working hard on the collapsed tunnel. All right. Tezzeret sends his forces to attack Glissa's forces and try and wipe them out, essentially. Uh, so I guess it's like a three-way war now between like three different forces. They're like you've got the Phyrexians bringing up the rear with their bulldozer guy. Then you've got Glissa coming down to fight with Tezzeret. Yeah, it's like imagine some sort of like crazy hypothetical where the CIA shows up in a free country and there is an actual coup already already happening. Like the CIA oh, didn't set it up. There's actually one already going on. And they're just like, oh, oh shit. Okay, sure. Uh, <laughs> so uh, our, our, our agents in the field, uh, Elspeth, Vesper, and Koth, are like, okay, we don't know why they're fighting back there, but the Frexians are fighting with each other. Let's take this opportunity, you know? We're, we're near the core. Let's go. They got Malira with her. Uh, when they when they get to the core, they obviously, they see Karn. They're like, oh, shit, here's the guy. Found him. He doesn't look so good, though. Uh, by the, corrupted by the Phyrexian oil, he was weakened and delirious. Malira, though, luckily, has her ability to heal Phoresis, right? Oh, and he doesn't, like, have a traditional heart organ, right? So uh, I don't know. It can't corrupt his soul, can it? That's kind of the bad news, right? So he does have a Planeswalker spark. That was a gift from his father, Urza. Uh, This is when we find out that once the heart of a creature was corrupted by the disease, uh, they become a true Phyrexian, and she didn't have the power to save him. It was was beyond beyond her means, so it was too late for Karn. He's got Phyrexia. It's terminal. Malira, she cleansed his body of the of the corruption, but she can't she can't get to the heart. Uh, it's it's beneath the rib cage, and magic can't go through rib cages. They don't I... make water hot enough. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so left unattended, the Phariesis would always return to Karn, even if they could kind of clear his mind a bit. Uh, he'd never be he'd never be himself again. He'd always be corrupted. He'd have to go in for treatment like once a week and he just doesn't have the time what, yeah, with exactly. his job at the center of the earth, yeah. you know? <laughs> However, Venser, the man who knew machines better than anyone else in the group, had an idea. He told the group about his sickness, about the radiation poisoning he's been he's been dealing with for the past, you know, for a long time now. He, he's known about it. He, he, he knows that he's dying and he knows that he's been dying for years. He's just been kind of keeping it to himself this whole time. I lied to you. I, I told you I was doing a bunch of cocaine, and that's why I was getting constant nosebleeds. But actually, <laughs> I just wanted to be cool. Um, Venser, however, had the sneaking suspicion that his planeswalker spark would be enough to save Karn. So with the last of his strength, Venser gives up his life and his spark to Karn, which was indeed enough to cure the last of the infection in Karn's heart. Oh, so he just like he he just kind of like um uh like dragon hearts it basically like that movie where he gives half his heart to or he gives his heart to the other guy and it just like knocks his old corrupted heart out exactly cool. he's like they go they meet Karn they're like ah uh, he's 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 got a bad heart you know the rest of his body yeah. is perfectly disease free but his heart his heart just won't take it and Benzer's like hey I have something called phthisis and that affects everything but the heart. All of my body is completely diseased, but my heart is is beautifully clean. You could you could drink out of that heart, and 
He like lifts up Karn's hood, which are of course his butt cheeks. He's just like, mm, yeah, no, it's that's no good. So he clips like the jumper cables to his to the battery in there, yeah. and then up to his nipples. He's just like, this will. That's Vincer. Like he was made out to be like the incel of the group, like kind of like the the loser. But that's a a pretty Chad move to give up your whole life for yeah, another. For sure, for sure. Uh, Vincer incel is a martyr. Like if you think about <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> incels are the true martyrs. Uh, oh my god, P- Peter O'Donoghue, twenty twenty one, baby. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they set the bar lower so normal guys like us could get laid. <laughs> <laughs> and God bless him because I wouldn't have a shot otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. Could you imagine if men were just normal? How hard it would be to get a girl. Um. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Venser hooks his nipples up to Karn's butt. Uh, gives him his planeswalker spark, um, and Karn's cured. Uh, he's cured with with healing comes lucidity, and lucid once more. Karn <laughs> Karn speaks with Elspeth, and they both agree that Karn, despite <laughs> despite everything we've been through, they're both like, you know what, Karn, you're probably not strong enough to stop the Phyrexians, huh? And Karn's like, what? No, definitely not. Are you are you crazy? I can I couldn't stop all the Phyrexians. That's madness. But he has Venser's heart now, so the first time he speaks to Elspeth, he's like, hey, so I saw you in science class, and I think we have something in common, and do you want to go on a date with me? Yeah. Oh. And when she said no, then he starts to act like an asshole. No, he's like, he's like oh, oh, wow, you rescued me, huh? Yeah, well, I actually, I kind of lured them into my trap. I had them thinking that I was disabled, but I was actually, like, I'm incredibly powerful. I, I studied as a monk for a while, and, uh, you know, watching YouTube tutorials has taught me how to use a sword quite well, so I was ready to break out of here at any moment, but it's good that you're here, because now I can protect you, Elspeth. <laughs> and Elspeth is just like, leave me alone, dude. Malira's my girlfriend. He's like, fine, whatever, fuck you. Um <laughs> Which is which is more true than you know because this next part, as much as I have been con- uh, as I was confused when I was researching this, this next part just made no fucking sense to me. This whole interaction made no fucking sense to me. Where they journey to the center of the of the fucking earth, they travel ac- across dimensions to travel to the center of a fucking world to rescue this guy, and then they're both like, "Yeah, no, you probably can't do anything," and he just like leaves. Like I I, I don't know. I, I didn't read the books, like I said, but every account that I read, again, is just like, he says, I have a lot more work to do, and then there's no more fucking mention of him in this book. So it's just like, he leaves, Elspeth and Koth end up making their stand. He's He tells them, you have to go, remain with the Marin Resistance, cure this plane of of, of infection, no, no matter how long it takes is is quote no matter how long it takes is what karn says to them and then he just fucks off to do what i don't know because the next mention of him is like yeah he's like gallivanting about in another expansion on with some like pirates or something and you're like well what the fuck karn where'd you go (laughs) (laughs) uh it 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 was wild it was wild to me like yo thanks for saving my life sorry about your buddy uh can i help and they're like no he's like never mind and then just disappears forever I, I don't know. So this is one of the times I'm going to invite the, our fans, anybody who's read the book, to tell me what the fuck happens here because could not find it in my research. So he, he leaves. That that much I know for sure. He leaves. He's gone. Uh, and he tells Elspeth and Koth, go fight the Phyrexians on, on Meriden. So they're like, 
okay. Uh, that's a tall order because we gave up a lot of resources to get to this point. Yeah. Including like the planeswalker who just gave his life for you, you know, like the Marin Resistance camp, which we abandoned to the Phyrexians to get here. Like it's a pretty high cost to, to saving you, so um, it's it's you know disappointing to say the least to hear you say that you're just gonna leave. But okay, well, uh, yeah, we have eight bucks left. We cannot even afford to take the bus back to the surface. <laughs> yeah, too. exactly. What's going on here? So the war on New Phyrexia was a pathetic attempt. Um, Elish Norn the white Praetor, was gaining an ever-increasing influence over the other Praetors. Um, eventually, she seized complete dom- dominion over Shieldred and uh, Urabrask's territories, so the black and red territories, which we kind of okay. mentioned on a past episode. So this means that the humans who were once safe in the uh, relatively, you know, big air quotes, safe in the Furnace Layer are now uh, full-scale being attacked and complicated. So by the time Elspeth and uh, Koth return, it's no longer like roving bands that decide, hey, let's have a go at the humans. It's now like an extermination campaign. Oh, okay. Uh, the resistance was being wholly slaughtered. In a last-ditch last effort, the remaining forces decided they were going to strike at the Phyrexian hierarchy. They were like, you know what? Maybe we can't take out the ceaseless tides of soldiers, but if we can cut the head off the snake, maybe we can deal with it. So... Through whatever means, they, they learned that there was going to be a meeting of the Praetors. All the Praetors were going to group together and be like, Urbrask, what the fuck, dude? Why were you fucking harboring, you know, <laughs> people who are actively seeking to destroy our way of life in your fucking furnace? Um, Koth and Elspeth are like, okay, that's our that's our chance. That's our chance to hit all the generals. You know what I mean? We've got Koth, so, or, or we've got Karn, so Karn's not going to be the driving force anymore. Now it's just the Praetors. Now it's just Elish Norn. And Koth is like, hey, you know who showed me how to make a bomb? Venser. He didn't do it great. I can make a better one, but I'm going to build a big bomb. And let's take it there to the the Marriott at Meriden and uh, the conference center. (laughs) (laughs) And just blow them all the fuck up. Um, The plan would go awry pretty much as soon as they started. They're like, they get there. And sure enough, the Marriott, the hotel staff, is not humans like they expected, but indeed Phyrexians who are like, so uh, who did you say you're here to visit? They're like, bah, uh, bah, uh, we're here to uh, bomb. Uh, <laughs> and so like all, all the alarms go off. Uh, you know, the, like, Phyrexians, the Phyrexians are the shape of that doorway that you have to walk through, the metal detector. Yeah, like, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> sweating profusely. Um so the attacking forces uh, just throw themselves into a meat grinder. Whatever Mirren resistance was left, and like they were being wholesale slaughtered, so they had to try something. But this, this, this weren't it. You know, um, they throw themselves into a meat grinder. They're all but wiped out, or really, they're just wiped out. Because at the end, there's only Elspeth and Koth left out of out of all all human life, all organic life on the plane. There's Elspeth, and, Elspeth and Koth left, cutting down endless hordes of Phyrexians coming their way. But they too were losing strength, as we've seen before. You know, you you know, there's only so many holes in a boat you can plug. You've only got ten fingers, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> cost is that how you fix a boat? Yeah, you stick your finger in it. Stick your finger in the hole. Yeah. The, oh, okay. okay. The what is it? The boy with his finger in the dike or something? Maybe I should have said uh, the dike instead Aye. of the. the dike. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's actually that's an expression though. Okay, like. 
yeah, I'm not yeah, talking yeah. about lesbians. Talking, I'm talking about dams, Peter. So Koth, he erects some rudimentary defenses, and he's like, "I still got, I still got my bomb. You know, I'm ready to blow these fuckers up." Oh, that's true. They didn't even get to use it because they got caught by security when uh, yeah, exactly. they, I, I guess, didn't think of a lie. He's he's ready. He's ready to sacrifice himself to set off the bomb. It's like, hey, we built this bomb, but the only way to detonate it is to hold your finger on the button while it blows up. Um, but he's like, there's no reason that Elspeth should die too, right? Why? Why do we both need to go for this? This is my home plane. We really only need one finger on the button. It's okay. You could leave. And exactly. they're, like cro- they're like crossed over on it. That's it. And he's like, I got 10 fingers. So enough to fill 10 holes in a boat. Um, I can put two. <laughs> <laughs> enough for 10 dikes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Uh, <laughs> he, uh, so he tells her to go. Um, but she's, she doesn't budge because I guess she's white aligned. She's like, nah, I'm just going to die with you. It's cool, dude. Um, yeah. So he uses his magic. His magic is uh, earth shaping and, and metal shaping. He's a metal bender. Geomancy. Exactly. So he opens up a big hole in the ground underneath her and she falls into it. And then he closes the hole back up on top of her. Um, get, he sh- that shields her from the blast. And then he sets off the blast, essentially. So he's Okay. He there takes- is a lot of Looney Tunes in this in this <laughs> episode, honestly. The whole, like, he just, like, throws a drawing of a hole under her yeah, feet and then, picks it, and then picks it up afterwards. Yeah. She only falls whenever she looks down and notices that she's not standing on anything. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, like, her hat stays above her head the whole time and then goes down after her. Yeah, so uh, he throws her into the hole. He sets off the blast. Um, she's protected for a while, but she's not content with leaving just yet until some Phyrexian forces break through the shield. Something called the Phyrexian Obliterator grievously injures her. And finally, she's like, you know what? I, I gotta go. There's nothing more I can do. I did everything I could. In a half-lucid state, she planes walks away, incapacitated and delirious from her near-fatal wounds. Where does she end up? Where do you guys think? Um... Ooh, it, it, does she end up back on Bant? Did she just like uh, hit the 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 recall button and, and head home? Does she respawn at base? Pete's saying Bant. Uh, she. Do you have any ideas? She ends up. She falls into a forest, and there's a bunny leaning against a tree. <laughs> yeah, and he's chewing, chewing on a, a rabbit. Uh, ch- <laughs> chewing a carrot. Yeah, <laughs> a rabbit. Yeah. And he goes, eh, "What's a planeswalker?" <laughs> uh, when she awoke, she was on Theros, the first plane she had ever oh, planeswalked right. to. Uh, the right. first place we ever heard about her when we were doing the Xenagos episode. Yeah. Uh, and that's that's Elspeth's uh, quest for Karn Phyrexian arc. We know from the Xenagos episode that Phyrexia does invade Theros, uh, which yeah. we talked about on the Xenagos episode a bit. Um, so if, you, if you're keen on, on hearing where she goes next, I, I'd say go listen to that episode, the Xenagos episode. Um, similarly, she has an entire quite an in-depth arc uh on on theros which is like the the greek myth mythology uh plane uh where she becomes elspeth after death she journeys into like the underworld to uh, kill some people rescue some people other things uh so maybe we'll pick up the elspeth thread again at some point i i don't know if i'll do it for my next episode i don't know if i'll do tezzeret or maybe glissa for next episodes uh, i'm gonna get off the direct uh, railroad train route that we've been on for the past little while with these Phyrexian episodes. Um, but I hope you enjoyed listening. I've been your host, Ethan Palmer. Uh, if you like the show, please, please,
please leave us a review. Uh, it'd mean the world to us. Uh, it's seriously the best way for the uh, Google robots to uh, show our show to new people. If you're if you're not keen on leaving a review, maybe just tell people that you like the show. Uh, you know, buy buy some merch, wear it proudly, loudly, and proudly. Uh, it's so cool to see uh, you guys supporting the show in all the amazing ways that you do. Um, so, so thank you to everybody who listened. Uh, Pete, do you got stuff you want to uh, uh, plug into those gaps? Uh, yeah, I got I got some spare fingers. You got some fingers um, you want to plug I, into those I, holes? <laughs> I, I got I got a couple of fingers for at least a couple of plugs here. Um, uh, so there's of course at Lord Royce Podcast on Instagram and on the subject of merch. Um, we did a mailbag episode, which I don't know when anyone's gonna hear, but there was uh, a good gag given to <laughs> us by uh, Bison and Darnell. That's, okay, this uh, was you're 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 burying the lead here because it what it never came up on the episode. It came up oh no when we were. Oh, Drunkenly, we were drunkenly playing Jackbox well after the episode finished. Uh, I mean, I was fucking <laughs> with with everybody in our Discord. So I don't, I don't remember a fucking thing. Yeah. It's anyway. a great reason to catch our our Twitch streams because sometimes we play with yeah. viewers yeah. afterwards. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> catch, our, catch our Twitch streams and join the Discord because we just like stop the Twitch stream. We're like, fuck it, let's go play Jackbox on Discord. So. Yeah. Um, anyway, there's a there's a great uh, there's a great T-shirt there that's uh, looking to give you some eternal life. It's uh, Titty Make Me Immortal, and uh, if you want to check that out, that is out today, uh, March tenth, twenty twenty one. What was it? Yeah. Shout out! Shout out to Bison for the slogan and Darnell for the artwork. I think. Uh, Vice versa, I think. I Vice will bring that up. Maybe? Bison and for the art, Darnell for the slogan. There you go. Yeah. 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 And yeah, you can find me on Steam at J A Y M I L K. I got a cool game called Bad Rats from Jester that I played before the show, and it it was basically fantastic contraption. (laughs) We were playing on the soundtrack pretty much. It's yeah, it's like a racist fantastic contraption with some like it is murdering of innocent animals basically. So thank you. (laughs) I was really hoping to microwave a cat or bomb a cat or to always kill a cat. Kill a cat. Uh, I was really hoping I could get in there and and plug for you because I knew what your plug was going to be, Jamie. It's always the same thing. Uh, buy me, buy me video game. Well, I didn't say buy me video games. I said that's my 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 uh, tag. He got oh, his true. video game already. True. He's got to yeah. beat Bad Rats first. Cool. Yeah. So yeah, once once Jamie hundred percent's Bad Rats, then he will reopen his Steam profile to be receive more <laughs> video games. <laughs> I won't turn him down. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, everyone, so much for listening. Uh, if you want to support the show financially, we do have a Patreon, patreon.com slash Boys. If you have a podcast app that you're listening to us on, usually there's just a link built into the app. Uh, I know Podcast Addict has it. I assume Apple Apple Podcasts have it, has it, but I don't know that for sure. I don't know. I don't know an iPhone. Um, yeah, thank you, Z- Zavi, X-A-V-Y, their new patron, uh, as of yesterday, by the way. Yeah. And Caleb as well, unless that's, that's the, the same, same person. Same person, yeah. I see. Thank Never you, Caleb. Thank you, Caleb. <laughs> Not to be confused with other Caleb, uh, who was who half the creator of the Titty Make Me Immortal t-shirt. Right, uh, right, 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 right. Uh, yeah. Anyone who doesn't trust Patreon doesn't trust uh, Big Patreon. Uh, we do have Lord Boys Prime uh, service that we always offer, and let me tell you guys, we've been working on something very exciting for Lord Boys Prime. We have developed a technology that will let you throw a hole underneath your friends for them to fall into. Uh, it's rife for pranks. It's rife for if you ever wanted to create a YouTube video that would make you tens of thousands of dollars, where you would give a homeless man a hundred dollars and then throw a hole under him that he would fall into. This is the oh yeah perfect invention for you. So everybody who signs up for Lore Boys Prime will will receive one two dimensional hole that they can uh, toss at their friends, their enemies, their lovers. Uh, you know, in the bedroom can be great for a bit of comic relief in the bedroom. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> Which, That's what people are looking for. It's comic relief. Well, it, it just gets so serious. You know what I mean? There's all that crying. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the hole yeah. is too big to plug with your finger. You might need all 10 for this one, uh, yeah. fellas. So uh, keep, <laughs> you keep them at the ready. <laughs> uh, Whoopie cushion under the pillow, maybe? Yeah. Uh, uh, what else can we get comic relief in the bedroom? Uh, a, a false nose, you know, like uh, one of those... Uh, you have a nose yeah. on and you pretend like they rip your nose off at some point during the lovemaking. Well, cause you know, the lovemaking, she's tugging on your nose for a bit. Uh, you mm-hmm. have a false nose that comes right <laughs> off. So for a split second, she thinks she pulled it off. If you, if you have <laughs> like the fake my nose hand, in. you can get the comical like thump when it yeah. like breaks off when you're like warming her up. Uh, during uh, some heavy uh, you know, if, you're, yeah. if your hand breaks off. You know, it's a really good one. He's red food coloring up the dick hole because then when you come it looks like oh, blood. oh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah and then you can just like hey siri play cannibal corpse and just get that song <laughs> blasting <laughs> slap the butt with one of those long stretchy hands that stick the oh, thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like the gecko yeah. <laughs> and that's gonna fucking constitute a lore boys lore boys boys out out Uh, I was a little low on that sound check, so I started up a new one with myself turned up. My name's Ethan. If I had a pet lizard, I would name him Tails, like the fox from Sonic. If I had a pet lizard, I would name him Komodo Hype. Like the emote. Uh, the yeah. the now the emote that is now PogChamp. Exactly. I was going to call him PogChamp, but I figured let's just go straight to it. But then what if my name is Peter, but then I'd be worried, like, what if your lizard is QAnon? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the real pog champ. Jamie, does your lizard support the storming of the Capitol building? Yeah, um, <laughs> to free the children in the basement. And what about the mole men? Uh, um, go ahead, Pete. Oh, I was gonna say, uh, I, this is good for the soundtrack. My name is Peter. I just bought Deep Rock Galactic after uh, trying out uh, Ethan's family sharing and having it click for me within about twenty-five minutes. I was like, oh yeah, this is gonna be neat. My name's I'm Ethan. Uh, I've never killed Kel'Thuzad, but I do sometimes, uh, uh, kill, uh, old people that remind me of Kel'Thuzad that I meet on the street. I got Kel'Thuzad to 8% and it was, it was kind of heartbreaking. We were there. We were there. We could taste it. We could taste his undead bones in our mouth. <laughs> oh, that's, that's some, like undead bones. really good edging. I'm, uh, I'm on the last boss of Blasphemous on New Game Plus now, which I guarantee they made easier. 100% do not believe that I could get this far because I couldn't before. Sure. And um, Pete doesn't believe these... in personal growth at all. No, no, exactly. <laughs> not, not in practice, not in principle. <laughs> but um, the second to last boss is easily the hardest one in the game. And even on my first attempt, it took me like four or five tries to beat her. Uh, even on my first attempt, I was getting her down to like 10, 15% HP. So I know exactly what it is like to get blue balled hard, yeah. especially this weekend. He's got small dick energy if I've ever met a guy with small dick energy. Uh, yeah. Ben, ben Shapiro, I wouldn't say has small dick energy as much as he has dry wife's pussy energy. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, he couldn't even say when he was doing the WAP review, he couldn't even say it. Imagine if he encountered one in real life. Well, he tweeted back. He tweeted back at wet ass p- pussy or whatever, being like, "Are you sure that's not a medical condition?" So then everybody's like, "Have you never? Has your yeah. wife never been wet?" Kind of thing. Dog. Yeah. Well, he's, that's, he, that's, he's that's like my wife says. Own. He, in the tweet, he was like, "My wife, who's a doctor, says that it's not normal to have a wet pussy." 
It's like, ooh, Christ, yeah. buddy. <laughs> yeah, ooh, I fucking hate you as a person, and even I feel bad. <laughs> yeah, that, that goes beyond. It transcends cell phone. Yeah, it's just, yeah. It, he, he he went back in time and killed his own parents. Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> what, something, something back in time fucked his mother. I don't know. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.